<laughs> yes. Oh, I bet you're excited. All of you people at home, you thought maybe the guys would be back, but you know what? They're not. They're not. That's right, the producer Nick takeover of Clerically Speaking. Wait, it's not even called Clerically Speaking. It's it's producer Nick only speaking. Or no, no, I don't like that. Um the the producer Nick is better than the other show speaking show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I so dig it. Hey, I got a lot of feedback on, on last week's show, and and I do want to cater to my audience. They say that uh, the worst thing you can do as a broadcaster is is put the knife in the back of your audience. You never want to betray your audience and what they want. And although a lot of people said, wow, this 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 empowerment of the laity is good, can, can you bring it in a little bit? Can you bring it in? And I thought about it. I thought, should I pray about it? And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do something. I'm going to bring on a little bit of clericalism um, because it's what the people want and the people get what they want. So allow me to welcome my first guest on this show, Father Dan. Father Dan, how are you? You know, I'm I'm doing I'm doing okay, Nick. I know it's I'm sure it's been very difficult for you in this time. Um, as we as we we try it, and and I apologize, I can't remember what we're gonna what we're gonna be calling the show now. But I just want to tell all the listeners, uh, welcome, welcome to the the producer Nick is is better than everybody else speaking show. I think that's what I called it. Yeah, it's close to that. You know, I'm, and I mean, I have been a part of. Um, this show, what it used to be from very close to the beginning. I think longtime listeners will know, um, you know, we had a couple group uh, episodes where right. we had a number of the, the priests on and, you know, I think sharing that microphone with Father Harrison and Father Anthony really was one of the greatest honors of my life. I mean, um, not many things in life are perfect, but Father Harrison and Father Anthony did this podcast pretty much perfectly for more than two years and if you if you never got the chance i mean it was even better up close uh all of the guests i mean we were always dazzled by their intelligence their charm uh their grace really and there's no other word for it and i think like all clerically speaking fans we miss father harrison and father anthony very much and we thank them for everything they did for all of us but let's be clear nick no one will ever replace the great Father Harrison and Father Anthony, but we can honor them by trying to continue the podcast that they loved. Right until uh, they come back, uh, because like uh, we don't want to make our audience, you know, too nervous about this. They'll 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 be back, of course, uh, sometime sometime soon. Yeah, you know, when I do funerals, I use that gospel so often, right? You know, I know my brother will rise on the last day, and I know that uh, they'll be back on the last day, you know, but. Uh, while we are here, um, we'll do the best that we can. We can't replace them, but we'll do our best to honor them. Wait, um, so just you're talking about funerals. Um, the guys, they they're okay. You know, they're. I talked to Anthony Amen. today. I, I texted him. Uh, he's doing all right. Father Harrison, they're, they're doing all right. I, I think that's so beautiful. You know that that you have that belief in the communion of the saints and that. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We can all talk to them. And in a spiritual way, we can all text them, um, you know, through our prayer and through coming together at Mass and the Eucharist. Uh, it's it's wonderful. It, it really is. So, I, I like, you're talking about, like, the... Uh the, the I'll see you in the Eucharist thing because they're still celebrating the Eucharist because they're still alive. Yeah, I mean, we are all alive in Christ and that's what St. Paul tells us. And, you know, can you imagine um, even better than celebrating the Eucharist here on earth? I mean, they get to do that uh, with our Lord. And I think that's that's that really is beautiful. Uh, that really is. I understand, like, yeah, because there's only one mass. I think they talked about this in, in one of the last episodes. Was uh, mm-hmm. there's only one mass, and there's a representation of that mass. So, in a sense, that here on earth they're still celebrating mass and with their Lord in heaven. Because yeah. I want to be clear, they're they're healthy. They they uh, mm-hmm. they're in good spirits. They're just focusing more on their um, their their lives in their parishes right now. Yeah, I think it's really great, too, that concept of intercession for their parishes that, um, you know, they are focused on their parishes. They're focused on all the people that they've loved, you know. But I mean, Nick, I know this is a really tough time for you, so I don't I don't want to dwell on that too much. I mean, we all have to go through our own process of of grieving, but just know that myself and all of our our listeners, we're here for you. They're alive, Dan. They're they're, Amen. They're, they're, Amen. No, no, no. They no, absolutely no. are. I just, I don't know. I don't know how to convey this with you. You should, you should reach out to them on your phone, on your cell phone. You should reach out to them on their cell phone and talk to them because you can, because they're alive. I just, I don't know how to make that clearer. I, yeah, I, I mean, I think we're saying the same thing. I, th- I, th- I think we're not, but let's just keep going with the podcast. You know, sure. there's yeah, so much to cover. We have that's a good idea. So much to plan. Um, how's your How's your week going? It is uh, going okay. In fact, it's very early in the week here, but uh, we are getting ready for Ash Wednesday. Hard to believe, you know, that it's it feels like last year's Lent never ended, but here we are. And a number of different services. We've got, you know, many people I'm sure will know the listeners, the change with the sprinkling instead of the the pasty cross, I guess, depending on which diocese you're in. Some of them are still going to do some sort of, uh, you know, Q-tip applied uh, cross on the forehead. So I've got a question because I've got a, um, in our diocese, we're doing the the European sprinkling on the the head. What Mm -hmm. are the chances that the priest will like put that little bit of ash on the bald spot in my head, therefore covering my, my aging and receding hairline. I mean, yeah, you know, I think that's a, that's a really good question. And with all of these things, there's gotta be just like in parish life, you want that cooperation between the ministerial priesthood and the the priesthood of the baptized. And so it's kind of like when you come up for communion, when we were doing communion on the tongue and in some places they still are, right now, but you know, you got to, the father's bringing his hand forward and you've got to make sure like, okay, how can I present the best target here so that we don't uh, lick anything or we don't bite anything, right? So you kind of want to, you know, you lower your head a little bit and you got to get, I mean, if it's a shorter person, you got to bow a little bit lower. If he's uh, taller, if he's got shorter arms, longer wingspan, you know, that's what they look for in the draft. Um, you want to make sure that you try and line those up as best you can. Wow. Okay, cool. Because I've always heard with like receiving communion on the tongue, I was I was very nervous. I, the first time I tried it was right around the time I figured out what liturgy was. And I was going through my my hyper trad phase like, yeah, this is cool. And but I asked my brother, I'm like, how do I do it? And he said, just look like a dummy. 
and stick out your tongue all the way and go, ah, I mean, how, how was that impression? Ah. Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. Okay. Um, and the key thing there is, it's like, um, you want to make sure that, that you have a clearance, right? Okay. So, you know, like when you're at an airport and the one plane, again, none of these analogies make sense because we can't do these things anymore. Um, you you want to make sure that the one plane really clears the runway and is up in the air before the next one is going in behind them, before the other one is coming in the other way, landing, right? So you want to make sure that when that gets placed there, you give it a good, you know, give it a good beat, give it a good, you know, half second or so before you start moving. Because when you start moving, oh. if you're weaving and dodging up there and you're trying to, okay, you know, let, let father do his job. And then that way you do your job of not licking him. They, they really don't teach you these things. Uh, when when you go through first communion class as a second grader, you know they did, but you just weren't paying attention. Oh, well, something we have been paying attention to is Twitter. So let's move into our next segment, the Summa Tweetologica. The Summa Theologica was St. Thomas Aquinas's, uh, it was his, um, his, his summary of theology, his summary of theology. You know, I don't need, I don't need your help. Okay. I, I produce this podcast. Gosh. And the Summa Tweetologica is, uh, me and father Dan, uh, we're going to, we're going to read some tweets. We're going to, we're going to read some tweets. Do you want to go first, Father Dan? I'd love to, and that is the correct thing to do. You know what? I, I want to go first. Cleric and better no, than No, I take it back. This is from at Sean Penn. Cause because you know what? I'm I'm the same as you. Because we're we're both priests-ish. And and we are both grieving. So go ahead, you're right. <laughs> he, evangelical this is from Sean Penn. Evangelical leaders should themselves be impeached by the Vatican if they themselves don't follow Nikki Haley's lead and clearly state that they should ha- not have followed Satan into the Satan into the bowels of hell but perhaps they are too busy at sex parties okay so there's a lot to unpack here do the evangelicals report to the Vatican ultimately You know, I mean, in a spiritual sense, yes, because every creature is subject to the Roman pontiff. Um, But in this case, I mean, this tweet was fascinating, right? Because it's one of these confluences of, you know, what what is the Vatican going to do here? What is the Vatican going to do here? Uh, Pope Francis is probably not going to call up some unnamed evangelical leaders. I presume at least. I mean, look, I have no idea who we're talking about because I don't tend to follow the politics and that piece of the news um but i i'm not sure that the holy father is probably even less aware of that than i would be 
<laughs> I mean, I, so I think like Nikki Haley said, uh, Trump, uh, not not that great, or something to that effect. He, in fact, he she disavowed him, and so Sean Penn wants the evangelicals to be impeached by the Vatican. Does the Vatican have the power to impeach people? Probably we wouldn't use that language, and that that might be uh, a better question for some. Uh, gosh, I hate to say it, canon lawyers. Um, they might be able to to better tell you what what the Vatican can do and and can't do. Um, yeah. But normally speaking, no. It's just kind of a, a funny thing that that uh, I think we have many Catholics who would love to see uh, evangelical leaders sort of, uh, as they say, repent and submit to the Pope in his judgments. Yeah, I'd, I'd ask a canon lawyer, but they're those types of people who are like weekly shower people, you know? They just, they just kind of smell. Yeah, and then like you get close to them and they're kind of, you know, you, you've seen Lord of the Rings, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, uh, what's the the little creature's name? Oh, uh, Smeagol? yeah. Yeah, they're kind of like, you know, they're always trying to get their their precious, which really is they they think that you have stolen their code of canon law and they want to take that from you, and it can be a really awkward awkward conversation. Wow, I, if there were some canon lawyers I could recommend, I would, but gosh, I just I don't know of any normal ones. And I'm you know usually too busy thinking about cool stuff to think about canon lawyers. Ah, so yes, good. <laughs> What do you got for us? This tweet comes from Cameron Bradford at Camero Bradford. We should just pin all the debt in the world to one guy and then kill him. (laughs) Is this account like a Catholic Twitter account? I have no idea. I'd never seen this one before it came across my... uh, Timeline, it, it may have been about uh, monetary debt, economic debt, you know, deficits and spending and all these kinds of things. may have been about student loan debt. There's always a, a popular subject of conversation. Right. Uh, I doubt it was about the marital debt, which we are not going to talk about. Yeah, I don't even know what that um, is. Me neither. And uh, but but this concept, I, I think, is kind of similar to the one that uh, we just had from Sean Penn, right? Yeah, let's let's do that. That would be cool because it already happened, right? That's what Jesus did for us. He took all of that, if you will, debt of our uh, sin, and we pinned it all on him, and then we killed him. It's amazing that like our, our culture and and uh, society, they we we're so post post Christian, uh, but like we still try to come up with these really really great ideas that could fix everything Hmm. that ultimately will like point back to Catholicism, Christianity, Jesus. Um, I think that's a funny example of one. Yeah. There's so many places in life where things like that come up and, and really, you know, I love to go back to St. Augustine's, uh, you know, you have made us for yourself, O God, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. That that is sort of, um, you know, the image we might use here is like if you have a, a little sort of lower spot in a floor or on a driveway or something, and if there's water, that's where the water is going to pool, or if you let a marble loose, that eventually it's going to kind of come to rest at that lower point. And this is really what uh, God wants for all of us, because that's why we were made. And uh, if we're not 
I mean, that's going to be the, the easiest place for us to rest in a lot of ways. It's where we want to be. And so every time that we're not doing that, we're sort of struggling to go uphill, struggling against gravity, struggling against this pull into the heart of God. And, you know, just uh, just let it happen. Yeah, just relax. The, it's the more natural thing to do. Mm. Uh, speaking of natural things to do uh, that fit naturally, the next tweet uh it, it goes like this youth group pizza an original song by nick sharapa soon coming soon guy. to a streaming service new near you this is from my wife at end of days woman there is nothing that fits more perfectly than a youth minister and leftover youth minister pizza uh like at the end of every youth group, you say, who wants seconds? Oh, does someone want to take some pizza home? And all the kids are like, no. And then you're like, oh, no. Well, I'll put it in the staff break room. And the staff's like, gross. We don't want more pizza. And so I, I'm coming up with a song uh, called Youth Group Pizza. Would you? I mean, you, you don't have to listen to it. I just thought maybe. I would love to. Oh. Thank you. Okay, okay. All right, here, here, here's how it goes. It's, it's a work in progress. This is just, it was going through my mind last night. All right, here we go. <sighs> Youth group pizza, there's always cheese left. Youth group pizza, it subsidizes my salary. It's youth group pizza. No one wants to take it home but me. It's youth group pizza. We always over order. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Can we get a get a little put in a little applause? Put in a little cheer. You know the uh, yay oh. that sound effect. That's going to go in here. I'll, I can edit that in. I'm a producer. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. But I don't have to do what you say. You don't, and I would never dream of telling you what to do because I'm not your real boss. Oh. For now. See, it's oh. Are you going to hire me? Uh. Our next tweet comes from. <laughs> Somebody I think you know very well, actually. Okay. I think you um, probably know this guy better than almost anybody oh, else. Who could it be? Santa? Um, it's from at Papa Sharapa. Oh, man. His Twitter account's so freaking cool. <laughs> it's the best. And he writes this. Would you like to know? Yes. Got news that we could have socially distant, masked, in-person fun at youth group, and I'm like... That's I don't know how loud that came through. That may have been very quiet. We'll, but we'll edit it in. <laughs> we'll, make it, we'll make it a little bit louder. You got the original, I think. I so. do. So... Here's why I wanted to uh, talk about that tweet, because I think in so many places in the church, um, you know, mostly we focus on the sacramental stuff, which is fine and it's good. And, and there's reasons for that. We think about, OK, can I go to mass? Can I go to confession? Can I receive communion? Can we do the baptism for the baby? Can we have the wedding that we've been planning? What are we going to do for the... And there's a lot of the other ministry that I think people maybe are not aware of how the church has tried to respond to the situation that we find ourselves in, uh, the ways that our uh, priests and our ministers and our staff and our employees and everybody has been working to try and still 
communicate the message of the gospel, communicate the love of Jesus Christ, and have, you know, some semblance of community. I think that's another big piece of it too. So really what I wanted to do, uh, knowing that this is the, the producer Nick is better than everybody speaking show, is to, you know, see if maybe you wanted to talk about some of the things that you've been up to. Maybe there's some other people who work in ministry who might still be looking for some ideas. So even kind of like before you could do some of the in-person stuff, what you've been doing and kind of what your thoughts are and how things might play out now that you can do some in-person stuff. Sure. It's it's the worst time to be in any kind of thing in any job, I guess. I Maybe there's some jobs that are profiting. People who make masks are profiting. So I'm not alone in it. But like uh, I became a youth minister in October of uh, 2019, a full-time one. Otherwise, I'd been doing it for like five years part-time. And uh, like our parish had been through a few youth ministers in a short amount of time. Normally you see a lot of turnover in youth ministers because people don't see it as a professional position. It's normally Mm -hmm. like a seminarian or someone or someone straight out of Franciscan university wants to try doing youth ministry. Yeah. It's like a first job or like a stepping stone. Right. And so professional youth ministry, you just, that's almost seems like a contradiction in terms uh, for, for a lot of parishes, but, uh, I wanted to bring a little bit of stability into it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to commit at least three to five years here. And so my first year has mostly been in a pandemic and all the things that help a youth group grow, uh, like retreats and mission trips and, uh, summer camps, all of the things have been closed. And so really it's in those experiences that people normally have an awakening moment to their faith where it goes from like a, I understand God, I get it. We're cool. We're chill to like, Whoa, God's real. He loves me. I know what that feels like. Uh, maybe even I can hear his voice and this and that. So we haven't had those opportunities. I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, we, we went to zoom cause everyone did. And everyone's like, haha, this is, this is fun. Is this, Oh, I'm sorry. You said you went yeah, to the we went zoo? To zoom to see all the. Oh, I thought you said oh. you went to the zoo. That'd be sweet. Which I did you zoom. say? Okay. Okay. Not yeah, as but cool, how, but, but go ahead. How could we make a youth group field trip to the zoo about God? Like. Uh, bro. Ever heard of something called oh creation? Gosh. I have heard of a thing called creation. It's in the Bible. I know you've never read that because you're not supposed to, but uh, it's in there. Thanks. You're supposed to read the Bible to me, a lay person. Yeah, I contracted that out to Father Mike Schmidt, so he's doing that for everybody. So, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so we tried Zoom. It wasn't good. We we didn't like it. Uh, Then uh, we had some in-person things. But, I mean, the weirdest thing is when we were on Zoom, we had uh, people call into the Zoom call saying, hey, I'm hanging out with everyone from youth group, but we're hanging out at my friend's house because we're allowed to hang out at the friend's house, but we don't want to come to this very much. But we like you and we like everyone else. So it was like people are gathering in person whether or not yeah, not with you. if they're with me or without me. So that that's mm-hmm. weird. And for a while, during the spike of uh, of like Christmas and Thanksgiving time, we mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we closed down everything down again as everything other than mass. And uh, 
we just got news that like, hey, cases are going down. We're allowed to open up for teens and for any faith formation-esque thing because children are not as susceptible, blah, blah, blah. And so I was super excited. And in this video, I decided like I need to bring the hype back because anything that grabs a little bit of attention, uh, the attention span of a teenager, that's a part of my job uh, to make things sound fun again. And nothing sounds fun and everyone's forgotten what fun is. But uh, slowly and slowly, we're like rebuilding this youth group again. People are like, oh, this was fun. I'll bring people back. Like our parish can normally pull around like 60 to 70 teens, which isn't bad. Um, we've been getting around yeah, six good. to 12. It's like, whoa, this is bad. Yeah. This is bad, bad. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I'm like everyone else. I want things to go back to normal. Uh, like there's plenty of other things I do at the parish and I can keep busy all the time. I can write things for our bulletin because we do stories in our bulletin. I can do videos online and I, I do all those things and I've been giving so many talks and whatever I can do to, to fill my time to be a, but there's this anxiety of like, I can't do my job that I'm employed to do. Oh, and I'm employed. I want to stay employed. This is just so mm -hmm. terrible. So. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that, uh, did you, were you involved in like acting or anything like that in high school or in oh, college? Did you year, do theater? I was in the illustrious show mm -hmm. cats. Yeah, like uh, memory never all alone in the moonlight. I was Gus the theater cat, never heard of and it. I so I had shaky hands because I was an eighty-year-old cat. I could put my I could put my eyeliner on the okay. inside of my eyelids. That's all really fascinating, and I'd like to hear about yeah, that at another time. Can that time be now? Because uh, <laughs> it was it was really it's really impressive. No, I'm I'm allergic to cats, so I can't really talk about it. Otherwise, I'll, I'll, I'll get a reaction. But um, because I think you know, you do a really good job with like the crazy, over the top voices and all that kind of stuff, and that really takes um, you know, kind of a certain mindset to say like, yeah, man, this is gonna, I'm gonna feel really stupid doing this. Uh, I might look and sound really dumb doing. I mean, you look and sound really <laughs> handsome when you do it, but other people might think that they look really stupid yeah. doing something. Um, and you have to just somehow like get over that. And I think you certainly accomplished that in that video. But I mean, I think all the all the listeners appreciate the work that you put into the the bumpers and the voices and all these kinds of things. Um, and I think that's a huge. This, this has nothing to do with the tweet or the concept of, of youth ministry itself other than, um, you know, I would say sometimes we think like, no, man, it's all got to be super serious all the time and we can't make any jokes and we cannot uh, try and make things fun because then we're not really passing this on with uh, seriousness, right? If everything is just pizza and uh, screaming, then when are they going to, you know, learn the stuff that they need to learn how do you find that balance this is now the yeah this is, this is a, show, there's a way. total takeover but my ego loves it i love talking about myself yes uh, in any relationship well, actually you know what let's let's just transition into uh my favorite segment of the show it's called pastoral council uh, and now it's time for a pastoral council 
Okay, so pastoral counsels when the lady gets to speak a bit. And I guess we have a, a, a theology checker here, a priest checker. If I say anything heretical, terribly heretical, let me know. Yeah, I was, I was gonna, so one of my degrees is back here. You can't see this on the podcast, but maybe if you watch a video, one of these is a degree. I think it's up here. Ah, cool. Uh, I went to school. I got a communications degree. Yeah, no one cares. Let's get back to the... Um... <laughs> the football players who were in class with me, <laughs> they cared. <laughs> it was an easy major. That's not nice. If you play football, we love you here at Clerically Speaking. We do. Even if it's Canadian football, which is bad. It's, it's real bad. The CFL, I think it is. Have you ever watched it? It's, um, it's, I'm sorry. I used, you were talking about Canada and I started to get a little bit, uh, you know, I was thinking about father Harrison again and I just, I miss him. You know, I miss him. <laughs> I bet he misses you too. Uh, so much. Anyway, let's, let's honor him well with this, this pastoral council. Um, so father Dan question for you. What is yes. six plus two? Eight. Great. Great job. Great job. As yeah, I have an I have an engineering degree. So okay, so this this is all right, so then we can go to the next level. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, what is six times two? Twelve. Great. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You're killing it. Um, I got it. I played number munchers too when I was a kid. So I got it. Wow. I got this. Uh, Easy. Uh, let's see. What's what's a harder math question? How do you find the 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 uh, the, the how big a circle is the circumference of a circle do you know how to do that the circumference of the circle or the area the area of the, of the circle the area of the circle is uh one half tau times the radius squared fantastic now uh, real ones will know Continue on. So I could ask you more and more difficult math questions, but I, I wasn't, I was not an engineer. I, I, you know, anyone who's gone to school for, for something that's really complicated. Like if you are a nurse, a doctor, uh, an engineer, thank you for doing all that you do because I can't, I can't do those things. But the reason why I was asking you uh, a succession of uh, more and more difficult questions was because I think Catholicism and how we teach Catholicism has to be a lot like how we teach math. Go on. You mean we should get people like um, calculators, but for Jesus? Yes. No, I don't. Oh, okay. Here's what I mean. Father Dan, have you ever been on Twitter and someone yes. just drops a truth bomb? Because you know what? You got to drop a truth bomb because the truth isn't being proclaimed and you just have to say it and be bold and brave. And where are the men in our culture and where are real bishops and our real priests who will, who will just say the real thing and, and programs like Life Teen and anything that's relationally based, like they need to be in the classroom where we're teaching them hard truths. This is what mm -hmm. we want. Have you, have you heard people profess this sort of thing? What's your experience with that? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a of a caricature, but um, you know, yeah, I mean, that absolutely that kind of thing does happen, right? And the challenge there, especially with uh, Twitter, is that character limit. Right now, it's whatever it is, two hundred and eighty or something like that, right? And so all the time, I mean, there's so many different avenues on all different kinds of topics in terms of faith that, um, you know, uh, unless you wanted to say like, uh, you know, we believe in one God and maybe like type out the creed in a tweet thread or something like that. Um, other kinds of questions. Sometimes there's all sorts of different approaches or avenues to it. Um, you know, sometimes I see like where people, and I've kind of experienced this too sometimes where we say, okay, you know, X or Y or Z is a sin. Uh, and then people say, well, what about this extenuating circumstance or, you know, uh, any number of other kinds of things. And, uh, you get into all sorts of trouble. Um, maybe trouble is not exactly the right word, but you kind of stir up stuff because there's not enough space for that conversation to happen. Right. And so I think uh, what I'm trying to get at here is like we have uh, different ways to address different topics in Catholicism. So let, let's take a hot, hot topic, right? Um, if I tweeted out contraception is wrong, it's morally evil and you shouldn't use it. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that's kind of spicy in nature? Um, oh, maybe not in nature because nature means something. No, no, no. Sorry. I, I just, I just was like, I mean, to some extent it is and to some extent it isn't right. But, mm-hmm. but, uh, if, if, if somebody was like, you know, uh, tell me about the Catholic faith. Right. Mm-hmm. And you said, oh, <laughs> strap in buckaroo because it's time to learn about why contraception is evil. It would kind of be like, doing a calculus problem rather than an addition problem, right? Yeah, especially if you don't have any of the other maths or the thinking skills, right? We don't we don't get I mean maybe they do now. I don't know how much the kids are smarter than we are, but mm-hmm. you don't say, "All right, kids, you know, here's your your learn your uh here we're starting off with calculus and then later on we'll get to the addition and to the <laughs> the multiplication." And I don't even think it's like it's a matter of like you, you, <laughs> You're so dumb. We have to start with simple math. But I think it's just a big, 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 big question. Here's the way I would address that. Like some, if someone walks up to you and they say, you know, well, why doesn't the church let you do a use contraception? What, what would you say? Like, I think you wouldn't say because it's bad and it's morally evil. All those things are true. I think those things are true. Look at it. Look at a, a con, like a, a birth control commercial online. Or not online, uh, on the TV. No, thank and you. All of the side effects they have, and all the imaging saying, "Look how free it makes me," but it might make me bleed out, and it may make me infertile forever, and it might like kill me. I, I was watching one of these with my wife the other day, and she goes, "I'm like, oh my gosh, the side effects are terrible," mm-hmm. and she goes, "That's because." People really, really don't like women. I was like, oh my gosh. But like, if you're not Catholic, like, where do you start with this? And, and uh, I think you have to start an addition. And so the way I approach it, tell me what you think. I'm going to lay this out. I'm going to li- okay. lay out addition, uh, uh, multiplication, and then o- other harder problems. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll try mm-hmm. to point out each one. Okay. So uh, 
this is not going to be your high level theology. And so I'm going to pose things as opposites that aren't super good, but might be a better way of approaching it. Okay. So, okay. First, um, don't think just answer. Don't think just answer is what I'll tell people. Don't think just answer. I'll say, what's the opposite of love? And the first thing that comes to most people's minds is hate. Hate. I love you. I hate you. Love versus hate. It's all over society. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. if, if the Bible says God is love and we all kind of can get behind that, like love is this perfect thing. If we were surrounded by love all the time, that'd be great. Fantastic. Uh, love, love is uh, the opposite of hate. Well, if love is God and, it, it, and God is love and, and that's over here in one side, the opposite of love has to be terrible. It has to be yeah. terrible. So, okay, let's, let's look at hate. Father Dan, if I said, mm-hmm. I hate potato chips, is that bad? Yeah, it is, once again, kind of weird, but not a sin. <laughs> How often do you have to say that to people? I do not. I don't say that. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad you take a better approach. <laughs> yeah, but it's not bad to, like, but what if I really hate potato chips? I mean, it'd be kind of strange, right? And I'd want to ask why, you know, like what happened? Did you, you know, <laughs> fall into a mountain of potato chips as a child and almost suffocated or something? Because like the then it'd be understandable. The boiling grease. I was just brutally scarred when someone threw me into a giant vat of boiling potato grease. Oh, that, that would be bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Understandable. Okay. But what if I said I hate murder, would that be good? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I, I, I would say so. I hate the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All these things are kind of good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate people. Mm. Not as great. Not so good. Okay, so we, we can see I hate certain kinds of people. Also not good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we can see that hate can be bad and used for bad, but like I, I would say that the 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 tradition even says in some prayers, like, acquire for me then a deep hatred of sin. Mm, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So hating things, it can be used for good. Okay, okay, cool. So if if the opposite of, of, of love, so we just did addition there. Okay. Let, let's go a little bit further, maybe multiplication. So what would the opposite of love be? Well, I, I, I'll propose that um, the opposite of love for the sake of this argument is, is use, to use someone. Here's what mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, let's see. I have a, a gun is pointed at you, Father Dan. And uh, what what's the first noise that would come out of your mouth? Ah, uh... <laughs> excellent. That was, that was people would run to your rescue. <laughs> they would be so concerned. Yeah. Uh, the best way that I could love you in that moment as the guy bad guy pulls the trigger is to jump in front of the gun and take the bullet you see it in movies the sacrificial love mr president get down exactly exactly i'm giving my everything for your everything in that moment is there any better way that i can love you uh that's a pretty good one yeah it's it's up there we'll just say it's up there Mm -hmm. because it had elements of sacrifice now if the two of us were walking towards a door and I exerted myself and I walked six steps faster than your pace so that I could get to the door first and open the door before you. Am I doing a small act of sacrifice? Yes. Yeah, I'd say so because I'm opening the door for you. 
Mm-hmm. That's so That's difficult. Very nice. Right? Yeah, because I'm probably carrying, you know, like a ritual book or uh, holy water or something. So Yeah, yeah, the, the usuals. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, what's the opposite of both of these scenarios? You're walking towards that door and uh, I trip you. Oh, I don't like that. I used you for my entertainment at your expense. Oh, I don't like that at all. Is there any redeeming quality to that? No. Okay. Yeah. No, there's not. No, I don't like it. I don't like that. I don't like it. Okay. And then, uh, you know, uh, a gun is pointed at me. So I grab you and use you as a human shield and I throw you in front of the bullet. What have I done? Love not being the opposite of Andy here because I actively did something terrible to you and I used Mm -hmm. you as a shield. Okay, mm-hmm. so what have we do- just mm-hmm. done here? We've sort of illuminated love by talking a little bit about use and a little bit about sacrifice. Now, ultimately, mm-hmm. you can see what who made the greatest sacrifice. Going back to your tweet, it's Jesus. What do you who you I know who'd you him. think it was? Come on, this is a, this is a God show. We talk about we talk about God on this. Yeah, of course it's Jesus. He does guy. the sacrifices. He's the He's best. He's so good at it. Anyway. Uh, he gives his everything for your everything. It's the ultimate act of this ki- type of love that we call agape love. Cool. Okay, I used a Latin word there, so we're definitely into. Uh, it's a, it's it's a, a Greek, Greek word. word. It's it's this a is Greek word. On the show, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, don't. I got you. you. Don't worry Thank about you. it. We'll, we'll, we won't. I won't we'll, tell we'll anyone. Edit this part out. Okay, so good, I can look good. really smart. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to more advanced math now. Um, let's look at, so, so I would make the claim because of this, that, that love demands sacrifice, that it's not a feeling, that it's an action and it demands sacrifice to be true love. Otherwise it's a mm-hmm. feeling, uh, or, or otherwise like you might be experiencing feelings. Sometimes when someone does something loving to you, you experience amazing feelings, of course. So, so let's look at the, the, the marital act. Um, I always said that the, 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 the coolest thing that will happen to me when I get married, uh, the coolest thing that my wife could ever say to me is, I want to have a kid with you. One, we get to make the kid. Cool. Two, she's saying she wants to put her body through nine months of, of hell. She wants to have that morning sickness. Her ankles are going to swell up. Her body is going to change in a way that it never has before. Uh, I, one of us might have to work more because we need to raise a salary that's good enough to raise a child. We'll have to sacrifice time and effort. She's sacrificing her body and and I, you know I'm sacrificing my time bringing her pickles if she has a craving at two o'clock in the morning. Like The amount of sacrifices in in bringing in a, a, a child into the world, oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. And the coolest part about it is, she looks at me and says, "I would go through all that sacrifice with you." And that's the cool part, right? Because, like the the feel good part of um, like the marital act, sex would be the feel good part. Hooray! Are you going to put in the sound effect? Which sound effect? The hooray. Hooray! Again. Yeah, that part's great. But without love, what are you kind of eventually doing to each other? Because it's a two-part thing. Yeah. 
right? It's, it's a two-part thing. Um, part of it's this Eros love, which is cool, and it's good, and the church affirms it. It's attraction. It's mm-hmm. desire. But if it's not harnessed by sacrifice, it could so get out of control. Yeah, it becomes a lot more selfish, yeah. right? Because it becomes about a self-fulfillment kind of thing. Uh, if it doesn't have that element, love always has to call us outward, and it always has to involve some kind of expansion of our heart. Um, so, to bring a child into the world is something that uh, requires that because it says, "Okay, um, you know, I." want to do this and it's going to cost me something it's going to cost my spouse something not here talking about monetary costs right although certainly those kinds of things are involved but it's a huge thing right it's okay uh this means that you know we're not going to live the kind of life where we just uh you know travel around the world and go on vacation by ourselves and it's just us right because it's going to involve i guess somebody's going to be up at two in the morning and it's not going to be for pickles it's going to be for changing diapers Right. right It's, uh, you know, going to say, okay, you know, now we've got to figure out how to, uh, how to help shape and mold this child into not, you know, in our image, not who we want the child to be. So there's a a sacrifice of, uh, who has God asked or who has God made this child to be and what does it take to, you know, find out what that is and to be willing to follow that, uh, instead of, again, kind of imposing, our own desires onto that right and so what have we done here we, we've gone all the way from this addition to like a, a more complicated sort of math and and there's more to it there's more to it than i mean that's a very very simple example what because people the going back to what you said earlier about like a what about ism well what about uh, people who experience infertility and, and stuff like this mm-hmm. this was just one method of approaching uh, the contraception question, because when you use contraception, you eliminate the possibility of um, this this sacrifice that love demands. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I can talk to someone about love demanding sacrifice, normally people can get on board with that. And uh, then we can go to that next step, talking about different examples. And then that next step. And that's why a tweet mm-hmm. to me doesn't convince anything. It's ego stroking. You know what I mean? It's just like, this is true. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw a hand grenade of truth into this pile of people and they're going to be mad because shrapnel is going to rip up their flesh and you've accomplished nothing. Yeah. I mean, it goes to that trend where, you know, we don't want to have uh, conversations, which again are super difficult to have online in that sort of character limited way uh meaning not here moral character but but you know 280 characters um because it it becomes part of that uh, you know well i just want to own somebody right we're, we're here to own the libs or we're here to own the trab trads or we're here to own my uh my perceived uh, enemies in this in this war of discourse um but where does this happen? You know, certainly I don't know that this example exists in the Gospels. It doesn't seem to exist in the example of the life of uh, Jesus, who wants to be with his disciples and to be with people and sort of approach these questions with them. I think one of the real classic ones 
is that story of the disciples after the resurrection who are leaving Jerusalem and they're going to Emmaus. And, um, you know, again, it's kind of fascinating, right? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> what, what are we talking about? Okay, moron, have you not been around? Like, are you living under a rock? You don't know what's going on? What are we talking about? Get a load of this guy. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, tell me about it, right? And they continue walking because they get to Emmaus. They get to, you know, seven miles away where they're going by the time we get to the end of the story here. So Jesus is walking with them in the direction that they are not supposed to be walking. Um, but he is explaining along the way, but he begins the conversation by listening by sort of wanting to know and asking that question so that they can express, you know, what do you think has happened here? What do you think is going on here? And so often, um, you know, we get to that place of, I just simply have to sort of beat people over the head with something that is true, or I have to make fun of them for not understanding that it's true. Uh, or, you know, frankly, we're not even having the conversation in, in, uh, good faith, so to speak, from the outset, because we're not really, we don't have a, we don't actually care about one another. We don't actually care if that person whom we are, you know, having this conversation with has a change of heart. Uh, we just want to make them feel bad and dumb and wrong, but we don't care about them, um, which you, you find much less frequently, I think, when you do those kinds of conversations in person because there people can get a much deeper sense from all the nonverbal communication. Uh, does this person actually care about me and do they want me to be a part of their community? Right. Which you, you don't, it doesn't come across online usually. No. And, and I, I'm always big about those, those modes of communication uh, or what are the modes, mm -hmm. what are the mediums and what are we saying? And so like, like occasionally you'll see a video that tries to teach people with a tricky little title that causes some controversy, but then you click on the video and then it's like, oh, he wasn't doing anything controversial. It was just a tricky title. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one thing. And then, oh, this person thought they were clever by saying this or this analogy. And um, some of those things can be good. I'm not going to deny that they don't work, but like, it's almost like my, my problem with it is it, and Father Anthony says this all the time. Um, said, yeah. Mm -hmm. Pardon? Said, yeah. Says. Mm -hmm. He said it, yeah. All the time. Go ahead. It's like an avoidance of the cross. Because to actually lead people to Jesus is is painful sometimes. I mean, leading myself to him is painful. And if I'm being frank, the Lord does the heavy lifting anyway. And so... You know, I, mm -hmm. I've had friends who I've known through high school come back to me now and say, hey, I kind of want to talk about God and stuff. I'm like, this is going to be hours and hours of conversation. And I'm going to be saying the same stuff that I maybe even say to my teenagers. And it's going to feel like work. Uh, but am I going to sacrifice? Yeah, and you for can't. Them? And, and to, to think like, you know, I don't have to do it all at once, too. Oh, sure. Right. Um, because the, the most important piece is, I think, establishing that baseline relationship or that uh, trust, right? And people have looked at this and they've studied it and all that kind of stuff, these pathways to discipleship and whatever else. Um, but that's where it starts, right? Do I have a sense that this person actually cares about me? Um, and I think we see that online too as well. Sometimes somebody makes a tweet and, 
you know, people may sort of, you know, the classic pile on or, you know, you said this and you shouldn't have said it this way or you're really whatever it is. But if I don't know who these people are, sometimes just the sheer volume of it is not necessarily going to cause me to rethink it. It may just cause me to double down. But if I have somebody who comes to me who I already know, who I have a relationship with, comes to me in private and says, or in a smaller forum, right, and says, hey, you know, that was kind of, uh, I think this is what's going on. I think this is the the thing that people are hearing you saying. And, um, you know, the challenge then becomes like, what do you do about that? Because, again, you know, not every... That's the hard part about something like Twitter when it's, uh, you know, like a public account and everybody can see it. And you may be speaking to one particular experience or kind of thing from your lens, um, but somebody else in a different part of the country, somebody else in a different part of the world, somebody else with a different, uh, you know, experience or mindset, they hear it one particular way. And then it's like, why didn't you immediately speak to my concern? And if you weren't going to immediately speak to my concern, then you should have never bothered tweeting any of this in the first place because you're harming people. Ooh, you know, when we have that kind of stuff, I mean, that's not a, you know, that's, that's more, we are on all sides. I, I think a lot of times we're just throwing the hand grenades because it's easier because we feel attacked, uh, no matter what happens. And it's easier to do that when you don't know who the person is. That's why, like, I think to myself, if someone comes in for the attack, like, what does the Catholic Church say about, we'll just keep using contraception because we don't want to open a, a, a bag of worms. What do they think about contraception? I normally respond with, like, do you want to go get coffee and do you have a couple hours? And it diffuses everything because if, if, if they genuinely mm-hmm. want to know, they, they get out their calendars. And, like, and I've had it happen. I've had angry parents come talk to me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they get out their calendar. They're ready to talk. They're ready to like go there. Other people be like, ah, you just can't answer because of blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you've affirmed my suspicion, that this deep underlying thing. So it's kind of two mm-hmm. things. Meeting people uh, uh, in, in who are serious. And defusing this attack mentality by saying, let's go get coffee. Let's go meet. Do you have two hours? Uh, That's step one. And step two is not to just assert the truth, but to lead people to that truth. Even if it's coming to a basic, uh, something a little more palatable, like the dignity of the human Mm -hmm. person. We can all talk about how people are important. It's normally like a, a low one. What types of people? It gets a little dicey, but... Uh, the general idea <laughs> uh, is normally a, an easy one to knock out of the part. Like, you are important. God loves you. Look at how many times he says in the Bible. Um, yeah, dude. Hey, we're like 55 minutes into the podcast. How, how are we doing? I suppose we'll only find out when the download numbers come in. So, so far, the Producer Nick podcast uh, has 3,000 downloads which is on par with the normal pace for the, mm-hmm. the monday after which is which is wild well that's good yeah so you know i think that's a good tribute to the work that uh father harrison and father anthony did and, and, I, and i'm glad to that do. you know even though they can't do this anymore <laughs> that um you know that you can fill in i think that's really brave of you i think it's really great yeah it's it's brave of me to do until they come back because they will come back because they're fine they're doing well 
Yeah, I mean, you know, there's no podcasting in heaven, as they say. So, um, you know, I suppose one day we'll we'll all be at that big podcast meetup in the sky. And that's what we can hope for. Well, hey, uh, Father Dan, any any last thoughts before we close the show? Um, other than be excellent to one another. Um, and of course we're going to, we're going to keep father Harrison and father Anthony in our, which is good prayers, you know, and, uh, all of their family and friends and their grief as well for their loss that, uh, we want to lift them up. Um, man, now you got me on the spot here. No, be excellent to one another. Right. And sort of, um, relax. There's a lot of anger in the world, isn't there? Yeah. Nick? There's a lot of anger in the world, and I've seen that a lot over the last year, I think, especially when people are at home more and probably on social media more, that a lot more people come to me and and talk to me about how they're angry. Um, So if you find that in yourself, and maybe with Lent coming up, you know, frankly, maybe that's a good time. If you find yourself angry a lot, uh, kind of step away from social media and step away from the news a little bit. Um, and, and see what impact that has on you. And maybe that can be something to pray about and think about going forward. Ooh, not too shabby. I like it. Here are my final thoughts. This has been way too much clericness for me. I don't know. I just kind of like the old days of the producer. Nick is awesome and is very cool and better than the old show show. Back when it was just me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but but thank you for for coming on. I, I guess it's well, what my the pleasure. Wanted. You know, again, we can't uh, replace Father Harrison and Father Anthony, but we'll do our best. And you, and I know you continued will to honor uh, your brother's legacy and, and what he helped make here and what you helped make here. And uh, the people will will very much appreciate that. You know, even well, as as hard as it is. You can find Father Harrison at, at Fr Harrison on Twitter, Father Anthony at his local parish assignment. Where can they find you, Father Dan? Um, nowhere. I'm in my parish. I'm working. That's good. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for being a priest. Thank you for being a layperson. I don't hear it enough. Can you say it one more time? Thank you for not being a canon lawyer. Oh, we can both agree on that. Fantastic. Uh, you can find me at Papa Sharapa on Twitter. Uh, if you need anything, go to clericallyspeaking.com for anything from merch to contact information. Leave a review on iTunes unless you think this stunk. Uh, recommend this to a, a friend. Just don't listen to the Batman episode. It was terrible. Uh, peace. Rest in peace, Father Anthony, Father Harrison. Oh my gosh, no. Five ever in our hearts. Oh, whatever.